Welcome back to another episode of... Kiefer. I barely knew her. Podcast where we watch a movie, smoke a whole bunch of weed, and just dive into that story and try to find some realizations. As one should. Every movie-going experience. As always, we're joined by my lovely Bee. Oh, hey, man. And my wonderful husband, Chris. How's it going? And uh, tonight we have watched 2015's Krampus. Yes. Uh, very exciting, especially because we watched it on December 5th, and December 5th is the day that Krampus is supposed to go hang out with Santa and, you know, smack some kids around with uh, <laughs> his whip or, or what have you. Or so. other horrific things yeah. that end up happening in this movie. So uh, it's very exciting. What are you excited to talk about, Chris? I'm really excited to talk about the theme of this movie. Mm-hmm. I believe that the theme of this movie is looking beyond... The surface. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of examples that mm-hmm. I want to talk about. Okay. I think it's really interesting. And it actually uh, may be out there to help people make it through the holidays. Interesting. All right. All right. What uh, are you excited to talk about? I am excited to talk about the fact that this didn't just happen to this family. We need to be honest and look at the story. This happened to the DHL guy, and this happened to uh, oh, the man. daughter's boyfriend's family. The entire neighborhood. Krampus went uh, to many houses in that neighborhood. Wow. So I want to dive into that just a little bit. That's going to be a good time. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and smoke up and get our brain juices flowing. So hopefully you'll be able to do whatever it is you need to do to be able to get to where we're about to get. And we'll see you there. Yes, we are. So I'm I'm super excited. Uh, we watched Krampus tonight. Tonight is literally December 5th, and that is the night that Krampus is supposed to go and hang out with Santa and visit all the kids and dole out punishments. So before we watched the movie tonight, I did about three minutes of research on the internet to get a background on Krampus. He came from Germany, um, Austria, clearly in this movie as well. He is half goat half demon, half man bear pig. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he has the the chains and the bells. Um, He's supposed to go around and and whip the bad children with birch branches, and the really bad ones get put in his basket on his back, and he takes them to hell, like you do. And I think this movie was pretty true to that. They did a good job. (laughs) That was uh, represented. Yes. I really, really like this movie a lot. Yeah? Is that why we own it? (laughs) It is. Yeah, okay. Um, Makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I love how frequently in this movie you're so willing to suspend your disbelief (laughs) that you realize how far you've let it go, and you're like, whoa, this is actually kind of serious, some of these things... You know, like they're up in the attic fighting mm-hmm. off some of these little helpers of yeah. Krampus. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh my God, these things it's are ridiculous. Hilarious. What is even happening? And then you're, oh, those bear teeth are real. Yeah, and Tony Collette is being hung by string lights. A string of lights. And uh, Tom, uh, <laughs> Adam Scott yeah, is literally Tom. being stabbed. Yes. Just being stabbed. Repeatedly in the back. And you're just like, <laughs> a toy robot is, oh, it's trying to murder him. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh shit! This is that thing ate a child. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> this is real. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things mm-hmm. that it's, you just kind of fall into this whimsy that it presents you. <laughs> And you're like, this is so yeah, ridiculous. Little Whoa! gingerbread men. Yes. Gingerbread men jumping around and, and laughing and tra-la-la. And then they're coming to murder you. And then they almost did. You know, it's... I mean, there was that situation where, uh, what is it, David Koechner uh-huh. is sitting there fighting the three gingerbread men. And yeah. they have a nail gun. Yeah. And he's holding this cutting That's board to yeah. protect himself. <laughs> And every single shot, you're like, they're going to get his fingers this time. They're going to get his fingers oh. this time. It's going to be his fingers. And, oh, man. It's so funny because I I honestly had that oh, wow moment in that scene. I remember sitting there and, yeah, I was a little high. <laughs> and I realized he was holding that up. And those, and those nails are coming through. And, oh, shit, <laughs> he might die. He might not make it out of the kitchen. The cutting board is only holding him back so far. Mm-hmm. If one, if he happened to drop it and one of those hit him really anywhere, oh, that's yeah. going through. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Those things were coming out crazy. But yeah, there's just so many situations in this movie where you're just mm-hmm. like, geez, man, that's... That got dark fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, she this got kid. real. This kid. And then, oh man, the chimney mm-hmm. scene. Oh, God. So <laughs> Where's terrifying. that hook going to end up? Oh, wow, right? Cool. <laughs> Fucking God. That entire scene when they're all just sleeping and that mm-hmm. kid, Howie Jr., is walking yeah. over to the fireplace and you're just sitting there like, ah. Oh, no. Oh, no. That hook is placed real dangerous. Yeah. That hook is placed real dangerous. What is going <laughs> to happen with this? Fuck. This movie doesn't. Give any fucks. No. No fucks. Zero. Anything could happen right now. Zero fucks given. (laughs) But yeah, that was, uh, that's one of the reasons why I really just love this movie, Mm -hmm. is just how quickly you're willing to suspend your disbelief, and how Mm -hmm. quickly you realize you're like, oh, fuck, it got me too, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? You've just fallen into its trap the whole time you're watching the movie. And uh, also, I've got to say, I love the aesthetic of everything in this movie. Oh, yeah, all the creepy <laughs> shit. The creepy shit in this movie. The aesthetic of it is amazing. Like that. Amazing. That deathly angel doll. Oh, she's awesome. Oh. That symbol on her forehead is I... so fucking creepy. Oh, the jack in the box is. Oh, oh man. Should Just not the exist. The way it was swallowed, like oh. pulling those, uh, those shoes into its mouth. Oh my god! Normally, you you would expect that it started small and it got big from eating them, but no, that thing was born to eat people, <laughs> for sure. Child-sized people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, splitting hairs. But... <laughs> it was a cheat day once in a while, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just such a great movie. But the also, Krampus. Mm-hmm. Krampus is so awesome. <laughs> so awesome. I love, love the design of yeah. Krampus. When he's chasing Beth down the neighborhood. Oh, and jumping house to house. The way they represent the weight of him mm-hmm. and the amount of power, you know, that it takes to move that much weight through the air. Mm-hmm. That hang time <laughs> that he has just, 
it feels so real when you're watching it. <laughs> like if there really were a half goat, half demon, half man, bear pig jumping roof to roof. And had the power to jump roof to like. roof. Yeah. That's one of the calves. things that drives me crazy about animation sometimes <laughs> is it's, they don't have the weight mm. of the thing mm-hmm. that is doing the jumping or the landing or the whatever. Yeah. And then I say all this wonderful things about the way they do the CGI. Their practical effects are amazing in so many mm-hmm. situations. But in the same scenes when he's chasing Beth, the slow float away. Oh, when he's outside the DHL truck. Yeah. And he's there for a second and then he jumps. jumps. Like we're doing air quotes. Marks. <laughs> we're doing three air quotes right now. <laughs> he jumps. Hitting it so hard. Um, and he just slowly, he just floats up. Just slightly like, fast. Yeah, slightly fast floating. <laughs> the way they represent it <laughs> in the CGI, it's just this boom, you know, there was this power to it. Yeah. And this is just like, okay, hoist me up, guys. You're like, pull the, pull the wire. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but yeah, it was. was uh, but, but generally, some, some solid shit, man. That's, seriously. that's a good movie. Set design. Mm-hmm. Incredible set mm-hmm. design. Yeah. All those fireplaces, the way that just oh, they were broken out and everything's frosted over, and the bricks are just—it's such anti Santa Claus. It's really, it was really cool. Every time they did it, they did it a, a different, it was a different way. way. Yeah, it was, it was so like, great, awesome. Just the aesthetic throughout the entire movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. The way the house comes apart as everything's <laughs> getting torn up, <laughs> it goes all post-apocalyptic. The boarded up windows and whatnot. <laughs> but you know what's so great? What is so great, Chris? <laughs> On top of all of the things I just said, mm-hmm. there's a dual ending, depending on how you want to interpret it. Can I be honest? I only thought there was one ending. I, I went with the darker one and I stuck with it. So I didn't, did I. It didn't even occur to me that there could be a lighter ending than right? that. Yeah. Not even remotely a possibility no. in my head. It was just, you guys fucked up. I mean, yeah, y'all look at the life you're leading. Big time. God. Y'all gotta suffer. I mean. That's how it go. Obviously. Yeah, so that is the, that's the one ending that we interpret it as, is they are now all in hell, and their hell is. Spending Christmas with each other every day. Every day. Oh, God. Poxitani Phil shows up. Just like, <laughs> boom. Salute. <laughs> And it's the next time yeah. every day. And I I mean it's probably two weeks before you're slapping the hot cocoa tray away saying <laughs> enough and trying to break through the glass. Just but ripping apart the Krampus <laughs> bell. That's that's what I always thought the ending was. And I thought it was dark and cool and I was like, it's fucked up. I mean you killed a baby, but <laughs> right? eh, you what made a hell? point, I guess. I mean, <laughs> That's how Krampus works. It is. <laughs> um, but there is a the other interpretation of the ending, which seems a lot more likely. <laughs> <laughs> it is a uh, a much nicer ending interpretation. Okay. Yeah. Essentially Krampus is giving them a second chance. Mm-hmm. They get to redo Christmas Day. Yeah. And they're in a snow globe because he's watching them to make sure they've learned their lesson. So this is the, the happier ending. So they're all just kind of 
freaking out when they realized they were brutalized and, like, murdered. <laughs> yeah, when that Krampus bell gets in front of everybody. Yeah. And they all go from these happy-go-lucky individuals yeah. to, yeah, remembering their trauma. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense. I mean, that, that way they didn't just kill a baby for no yeah. reason. That, that baby didn't even have time to sin. Unless they're counting stinky diapers oh, man. as... Sin. She maybe she's doing them on purpose. Maybe is, she figured out how. Is Krampus the model for uh, Futurama's Santa Claus? Where everybody's naughty. The way that they judge everybody. Yeah, except Zoidberg. I mean, he got pulled. He got pulled. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. But you know, there was there's a great theme that mm-hmm. I feel that is throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and. The theme I found was that we need to look past our initial judgment, you know, what mm-hmm. we see on the outside um, throughout the movie. Yeah. Like the entire movie. There's just showing the ridiculous uh, anarchy that the holidays are. When Tony Collette's family mm-hmm. gets there, um, we get thrown into a situation where we have clashing everything. Yeah. Everything is a clash between mm-hmm. those two families as far as where they fall economically, as far as their political beliefs, uh, family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Everything is a clash between them. It is a quintessential holiday family get together. Yeah. Pretty standard. Pretty standard. <laughs> For most people. The bad thing for is, a lot is of people. yeah. <laughs> the bad thing is, is for a lot of people, we're always going in on the defensive, feeling like we have to defend our beliefs. Mm, yeah. So we don't yeah, really. So. <laughs> 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 so this movie puts a family who is at odds with one another. Mm-hmm. In an extraordinary situation where they get to see each other in a different light. Yeah. I felt like it was also driven home when Adam Scott was talking to Max about how you don't really have much of a choice. He kind of had him there. Yeah, when he's explaining why family has to come. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. at one point he says, you know, sometimes you just have to look a little bit deeper yeah, maybe to, this is that opportunity to look a... Yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> look deeper, find a connection. So they show a couple of different situations where that happens mm-hmm. when Adam Scott and... Uh, David Koechner. David Koechner yeah. are riding in the Hummer together, and David Koechner says that he really would kill to be able to listen to Bing Crosby. And Adam Scott just kind of looks at him and smiled a little mm-hmm. bit. Didn't say anything, but that was what they had in common. That was the thing he was trying to tell Max that he needed to find. You just got to look a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. He had that opportunity because they were in an extraordinary situation. And people could try to go into the holidays with that mindset. Trying to find something that you don't clash on. Mm. You find something that you might have in common. Boom! This theme of trying to look past oh, the man. surface. 
like they brought up the fact that they were Democrats <laughs> and Republicans and like their beliefs on all sorts of different Guns shit. And, yeah. yeah, everything, everything they brought up. And all of those were polarizing situations. But mm-hmm. you could talk about music. You could talk yeah. about so many different things. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. have to talk about that shit. So it kind of followed down this theme that went throughout the movie in my eyes as looking beyond that <laughs> that surface. Mm-hmm. And it kind of continues through everything because not even just the family dynamic and all of that, you've also got all the monsters that are throughout this movie that for moments could be adorable. And then out of nowhere, that mask is removed. Yeah. And you're about to get murdered. Well, like 98% of them are wearing masks, like actual masks. Yeah. So, yeah. See, again, it's all about... <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, it's it's there. It's creepy. I smoked it the weed so and I found creepier. it. And it really does. You don't need to, to make such a creepy face if you put a weird mask over it. <laughs> so, yeah. You know what makes that even creepier? When the mask comes apart in very specific ways to reveal a horrifying mouth. Jeez. <laughs> Wait, did they do that in the movie? With the uh, the jack-in-the-box. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Sorry. I I thought you meant not intentionally. Like, broke. Oh, no, something no, Something no. broke. Yeah. No, it's just, just like the mask just... I just need to pay attention when you talk, I guess. <laughs> you know, listening is good. Sometimes. It's conducive to conversation. <laughs> Well, at least um, rewarding conversation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was well played. <laughs> all right. All right. But um. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I I uh, I felt like there was all of that. It was also thrown into the fact that the grandma was weird about Christmas. That's all Adam Scott yeah. ever said about it. He was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. she never talked about it." How many times did you ask, bro? Yeah, I you didn't. Know? I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. I don't th- and if he did, it was when he was a kid, and she probably was like, mm. and then yeah. he never asked again just because he was a kid and made cookies. Yeah, yeah. just shoved something like some sauerkraut at him. I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> I went beer fest there. Anyway, but but I think it's interesting that um, you say that because. We see behind everybody's exterior as we go through this movie, and it just kind of happens pretty quickly. We see, we see the sisters Jordan and uh, Stevie show fear, show vulnerability as yeah. they were trying to find a bathroom. Um, Grandma showed an Omi showed another side of herself that had her parents murdered. <laughs> That's behind the veil. We did not know that was there. You see this old lady who is just. Baking up a storm. The whole place is decorated. Everything's like amazing. These cookies are her There's no way she lost her Christmas spirit. How could she have ever broken? Not with this. At this age? She she overfeeds uh, Santa and Krampus every year. So that every they, year. they don't kill anybody else in her family. But you got to try to maintain it. You know, after you've survived that, you have to maintain yeah. the Christmas spirit at all costs. <laughs> but, but back to your point... <laughs> That every you see behind everybody's surface, you see um, David Koechner be vulnerable. And dude, you the see way that Adam every... Scott like pulled him back in, he's like, dude, not here. When he was yeah. losing it about getting attacked out in the snow, but you're right, he had been acting like this everybody. super tough guy, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, bam, <laughs> you know, shit went down. Yeah. Tony uh, Collette, um, Beth, she becomes vulnerable. Everybody just opens up. You see them act totally differently and so sincerely. And that's, yeah. I think All that, across the board. That's a, yeah. Except for Max, because he seems to be the one viewing it. He, you know, obviously yeah. is us. He's us. He's just living through it like we are. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's the cause. <laughs> oh, that was another thing. You know, looking past the surface, his letter to Santa. Yeah. That caught, uh, it, it was hilarious because it caught Stevie and uh jordan jordan off guard so much but it caught him off guard and they had gone too far so they couldn't stop (laughs) yeah so they had to keep reading it out loud Mm -hmm. and that turned into the worst choice they could have made yeah so she had taken it too far and couldn't back out Mm -hmm. at that point and had to keep reading it out (laughs) loud or she would have just completely lost face in that situation yeah and uh she judged him. She thought it was going to be some bullshit about toys or something ridiculous, mm-hmm. some childish thing. Yeah. And it turned out to be this selfless act yeah. to try and help his family to uh, come back together for Christmas. Yeah, but come on. Personal stuff is like jackpot to a bully, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not when it involves you and yeah. your family as well. That's that's fair. <laughs> Especially when it involves letting people know that your family is struggling. Yeah. Good Lord. Accidentally reading that out loud. That family, nobody hid anything from those children. Those children saw and heard everything they were saying about each other. Everything they were doing. There there was no, uh, I don't even know. Self-restraint, you know, any kind of. Control yeah. for the sake of the children. And they took every opportunity to show us. When Beth tells her mom that they shouldn't be allowed to breed and those were her words. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. She said that they should have to take a test to be yeah. able to breed. <laughs> and, you know, even uh, Howard and Linda's kids are, are saying, repeating things that their parents have said. So it just, yeah, it's just bleh. Yeah. It's really real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In that aspect. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about the John McClaning it thing. Yeah. You want so, to start that up again? Yeah, he didn't uh <laughs> he had an opportunity to John McClain it. Mm-hmm. He didn't. No. Wait, he did. No, he didn't. Oh no, you're his right, opportunity he to do it, it up would, and threw exactly, it away. Exactly. Exactly. So, and Krampus used it as wrapping paper for his bell. Cute that he had the time to put it back together. <laughs> I thought it was so crazy that <laughs> that came to my mind. I was like, is this what happens? <laughs> if you're in that situation and so you see that somebody needs to John McClane If you see something, say something. Yeah. And he didn't say something. He, he did let it go. He did. Again, another year, and Krampus was like, no, you need to learn a lesson. So that actually, I have been racking my brain here. How is it that that letter that he wrote and tore up, how did that make Krampus come out? He didn't say, I wish my family were gone. He thought it in his heart, I'll be honest. (laughs) Uh, And I know Omi said that that was what was important. But I guess I answered my own question then? I don't know. I think there's another another piece to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. That 
<laughs> if he had John McClane it, mm-hmm. that would have been him sacrificing. And Krampus is all about the sacrifice, and he didn't sacrifice. Because he was making a wish for them, and then they beat him down for it, and, and he then gave he up gave up on them. wishing for them. And he refused we always those to turn <laughs> the other cheek. <laughs> In this case, not turning the other cheek just means not sending a letter to Santa wishing your family did well when everybody around you is telling you that Santa doesn't exist. Yeah. That's the bar right there. Yeah, I think it might be. Wow, that's... Oof. You see how many snow globes he had in his fucking that's house? That's a good point. And they, he did pretty much take over the neighborhood. <laughs> right? The entire neighborhood. He just... he did. I, I determined that he spot checks. <laughs> this is a... This is a Sam situation. Yes, Sam from Trick or Treat. Oh, shit. He spot checks. He got the whole fucking neighborhood. Uh, the, violations. The whole cul-de-sac, violations, for sure. Violations. <laughs> He's like the HOA. Exactly. <laughs> coming through. He's going to lean on your house. <laughs> is that a pun of some kind? I don't Because he does mean. jump on them. He does. Probably hangs Probably out and leans against leans. them sometimes. He has to adjust his chains. <laughs> uh Damage to the roof. <laughs> Something interesting about that is that this movie, Krampus, was written and directed by the same person who wrote and directed Trick or Treat. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, oh. He's one of the writers of this movie, I'll say. I can't That's awesome. say how much he did. That's awesome. So I thought that was a really interesting uh, connection there. That is. Mm-hmm. But he clearly is spot checking. This is what I was talking about. The DHL guy, he got he's being he punished for a work reason. Over Christmas. I'm I'm I feel like he probably did something worse. Like he's putting his penis in packages or something. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's where I went. That, that that was the first thing I thought. Damn. I'm like, what would Krampus punish him for? Probably that. I was gonna but, say that he was working on Christmas instead mm. of spending time with his family. He didn't Technically it was the twenty third. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Got to work those holiday hours. Yeah, you do. I don't even know that's holiday hours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I mean, maybe. (laughs) Tommy's family got took. (laughs) The uh, Beth's boyfriend, his whole family, the their fireplace was busted in. They had stabbed a gingerbread man into the fridge. Into the fridge. Yeah. So <laughs> David Keckner ate its leg. Yes. And then as they were walking back, the gingerbread man came under the snow and bit David Keckner's leg. That's what that was? The same fucking spot. I think it's the opposite leg, but that's exactly what <laughs> happened. There's no way that that's not what happened. Oh man. The the way that this this movie works and the kind of shit that they pull, like that is a yeah. That gingerbread <laughs> man was like, "You motherfucker." Oh, you man. take a bite, I'm going to take a bite. I got a lot of leverage down there. Low yeah. center of gravity. <laughs> but <laughs> but also, he got attacked by the gingerbread men again. That's, they they really just have, like it's, it's like they know. <laughs> they know. They can smell it. You know what else is weird? What? His son, Howie Jr. 
812. Oh, God, it looks so fluffy. I've never seen such fluffy gingerbread. Oh, my God. How much How much baking powder do you think they put in those? Like gingerbread flavored something delicious. So if we're considering the fact that Krampus is spot checking. Yeah. I wanted to ask the question. If Linda hadn't brought her family out to visit Beth and all of them. Yeah. Would they have gone through any of this? None of them would. They were mentioned in the letter. Does but that the matter? The letter would have been sent. If they hadn't been there, the letter <gasps> would have been sent. Oh, wow. Oh, you just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great point. Everything would have been yeah. fine. Krampus wouldn't have come at all. Nope. Omi never would have had to tell her dark past. Nope. Nobody uh, would have changed. Mm-mm. Nobody would have done anything differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, They'd all still be assholes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he would have sent the letter. There would have mm-hmm. been hope in that house. <sighs> you called it, man. You, you're so <laughs> right. Because they showed up and fucked everything. Yeah. Ev- oh, man. So it's their fault. 100%. It's 100% their fault. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, what about Aunt Dorothy? What if Linda's family went but didn't bring Dorothy with her? Would she still have dealt with it? But that's just me being petty. No, of course she wouldn't have. She wouldn't have. She no. would have just drank herself to sleep and yeah. uh, would have been another night. She didn't need to be punished. I mean, she was a bit of a bitch. But as soon as uh, Beth or Tony Collette told her where the line was, yeah, she backed off for a bit. Is that she a, gave her some space. Do you think that that falls in line with the surviving holidays theme that they might be throwing out there? It's like, look, sometimes you got to throw out some hard boundaries. I, I think so, but I think they both understood. One had a reason to complain. She felt ignored by family. That's a good point. And abandoned. So she got that out, and when she got a little too far, she, she, she had to realize she done got told. Yeah. <laughs> she, she got told. A good. But that's that's crazy to me to think now that none of that would have happened and they would just be terrible people still forever because I'm sure they would have beaten the belief in Santa Claus out of that kid by the next year in his grade. Oh, yeah, He probably. would be beaten up if he, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But now he has the knowledge that this exists, but he also has the fear. That this exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I did want to ask another question. Yeah. So Omi opens up and tells everybody about how she had her parents killed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, take out a hit on mom and dad. Because <laughs> ta- mean... times were tough and they weren't excited for Christmas. That's, <laughs> they ripped that's up her toy, this... B. They ripped up her toy, okay? Yeah, and she lost the bread, okay? That's... She hadn't been lollygagging. She got, she would have had a better spot in line, and she'd have had their bread. It was because she was last in line that everybody went after her. If somebody else I had speak been... I only truth. <laughs> You're saying if uh, somebody else had been in line behind her that mm-hmm. was the last person to get bread in line, it would have been them and not her. I can't Speculate assert that. On that. I cannot assert that because... Let's be honest, she was slow as hell when she, she got that bread because she was super depressed yeah. because 
nobody's excited about Christmas. Darn. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this is post-World War II Germany. Yeah, this is not a happy time uh, in the land. Um, oh, so, so she tells this story where she says, and I quote, I could only listen as they dragged my family into the underworld. And she did admit she thought she was going to die next. I can see being scared. Okay. Yeah. But now Max is armed with this story that says, if I wish my family away, they'll go away and I'll be alone and fine. So he goes after Krampus. Would he have done that if he didn't know? Or would he be hiding in a closet? He thinks he's got this magic armor. He comes up to Krampus and damn near nearly bitch slaps him. Like, (laughs) nearly nearly bitch slaps him. It is... It really did come close, I feel like. Just taunting him, saying, hey! If not even a bitch slap, it was, you know, the the raising your fist up and kind of jerking towards him. (laughs) You're going to hit him, but you're not, you know? (laughs) Watch watch, uh, Krampus flinch. Oh, too for flinching. Bam, bam. Uh, uh, I think yeah, that was more what he face. was about to do. So he is, he thinks he's invincible. <laughs> but yeah. he does get to the moment where they won't stop throwing his uh, cousin into Stevie hell. into hell. So he says to take me instead. He does have that moment. But would he have even gotten to that point if he didn't think he would be fine? That's the question. He kind of freaked the fuck out the second Krampus was holding him over the fire. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to hold you to what you're telling me yeah. to do. You realize mm-hmm. that, right, bro? Yeah. This is... Uh, <laughs> no backsies. <laughs> exactly. We made that clear. No We backsies. triple stamped it, bro. <laughs> this is done. You can't triple stamp it. <laughs> triple stamp it, double stamp. <laughs> uh, it was triple stamped. But yeah, he was <laughs> he was freaking the fuck out. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. you freak the oh, fuck out sure. yeah. in that situation. Even but... when you sacrifice yourself, you're not gonna just hang out and like check your watch. We're good. We're gonna go now. <laughs> just let go, man. You're just still gonna weird. freak out. I did love that Krampus just kind of laughed at him. You know, <laughs> he's like, just throw her in anyways. I'm gonna yeah. toss this dude yeah. too. You know, we're fucking with these people. That was another thing too. It was such <laughs> such fuckery. It was. It was total fuckery. <laughs> they were just goofing off half the time. Yeah. Those monsters were just oh, yeah. fucking around. The gingerbread, the gingerbread man biting David Keckner's ankle. Just fucking with him. Yeah, he got shot, but he was just pissed off. He might have tried to take the foot, sure, but wasn't going to kill him yet. Oh, they man. they needed to, to be scared and to suffer. They taste so much better that way. It's like a marinade. What would happen if every part of the gingerbread man was sentient? And it just started Ooh, fighting creepy. you from the inside. Oh, whoa. The crumbs that you ate. Okay, that's too much. <laughs> too much? The whole thing, sentient crumbs can't... No, no sentient crumbs. Listen, the but thing, the, the, the brain, blood was If sentient. the brain hasn't been bitten into, then yes. Then yes, that part of it. You, you, did you hear my argument at all? Were you listening? <laughs> no, I was just picturing a brain, how you fit it in the gingerbread man. And how weird it would look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looked like a cross section of a brain when they slice it in a whole and bunch of pieces just lay it in there and I was I I figured you'd probably know how to bake it right <laughs> to get it I think we could do that <laughs> uh, what was your argument? <laughs> <laughs> oh and the thing 
the blood yeah. was sentient. Oh. So. Yeah. Okay. But, but aliens, we don't have to explain it if it's aliens. Exactly. And these aren't aliens. <laughs> That's true. This is a mythology kind uh, of folklore. Pagan. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of other sacrificing in this movie. <laughs> I'll be really honest. Uh, I do believe Adam Scott sacrifices himself for his family. Yeah. Uh, in the end where he is shooting at all the things coming at him. He knew he wasn't going to make it. He sent them off so he could get them some, give them some time. They just fucking sl- didn't do anything. They just didn't, they, didn't, they just left him, barely left him. They just slowly, slowly moved and essentially watched him die. It yeah, they just really moved bad. a little bit. They were really close to that truck. Yeah. And they took a few steps and then just turned back, watched him die and cried. And I hate this in horror movies when they waste the time you've given them. Exactly. That you sacrificed for by just staring at you dying. Great. <laughs> oh, they're getting them? Now oh, they died. No. Now they died for nothing. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like Adam Scott was the toughest character for for the most part, in the yeah. movie. He was holding it together super hard. He, when he knew he was about to die, he just <sighs> closed his eyes. You know, so did Tony Collette. She did. She just stood, she didn't close her eyes. She, she looked her like, son in the eyes as she got Pulled down, yeah. yeah. It was but... like, I love you. And then it was just <laughs> gone. <laughs> That's not scarring. You're like, look away. That should have been your last words yeah. on your gravestone. <laughs> R.I.P. Mom. Last words. Look away. <laughs> oh man. But Adam Scott was was tough. He didn't lose his shit. He, as bad as this family was at shielding the children from mature themes and and how dire the situation was. Yeah. Adam Scott's character was always a hyper aware. Of what the kids, what the kids could hear, and trying to make sure they were communicating clearly and not in a panicked way. Yes, I thought and that was amazing the way that he did that. It was. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if the person who wrote the movie was an Eagle Scout and was like <laughs> made fun of for it, and was yeah. actually yes. Eagle Scouts mm-hmm. are pretty badass. Yeah, they really are. By the way, yeah, uh, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we should have known how strong he could be based on the very beginning when he goes into his son's room to talk to him. And his son is complaining, (laughs) asking why do they have to come here? And why just because we share the same DNA? And Adam Scott actually is honest with him. (laughs) He's like, you (laughs) got me there, buddy. takes a moment, is honest, and then comes back at it with a, a positive attitude. To help his son. And, I mean, shit. They'd had a bad day already. Bad And it was about to get worse. So much worse. (laughs) So, props to him as a dad. Definitely. But there aren't a lot of other times where people really sacrificed for each other in this movie. I know there were a few times that parents tried to save their children and were unsuccessful. Yeah, you know what? There There were times that they showed, you know, themes of sacrifice. The parents couldn't sacrifice that last word before they got their attack in, so they always lost a kid. When Linda has to get her little quip in and hesitates because she can't swear. Yeah. She misses the the damn... Fucking Jack Jack in the the Box. box. 
That thing was huge. huge. How's it going to move that fast? But I will give credit to David Koechner's character, Howard. After Howie Jr. gets pulled up the uh, fireplace, mm-hmm. David Koechner sits down on the couch and apologizes to his wife. He says, that was my fault. I fell asleep. This is my fault. Nobody has taken responsibility for anything Nothing. that's happened so far in this movie. Oh, man. Everything is always somebody else's fault, and this is the first time that somebody takes responsibility, and I thought that was really nice. That is really cool. But there's still a lot of selfishness. One example being that the only reason that Adam Scott and Tony Collette let their daughter Beth leave to see her boyfriend was because she said she could see if other people had electricity. Oh, my God. So it was their own needs. She went out in a very dangerous situation. Yeah. How he, there could be people trying to drive out in that weather and Not swerving severe. and yeah, that's just we've seen just what happens in those storms. We've seen. And Tony Collette said one hour. The next time we see them, it's seven o'clock, and Max has to tell them right that it's almost dark and she's not home yet. Which I, I can't remember what they were talking about when the camera comes on them, but I don't remember if they were talking about her. No, they did mention it, but there was no action. Gotcha. They mentioned she should be back by now, and they were worried, but then they... But they weren't doing anything no, about it anything. until Max showed up. Now it's time for the bees in my bonnet. These are the thoughts that just bounce around in my head, and I gotta get them out. Um, one, and this isn't even, like, a cool or funny thing. This is basic fucking, what the shit. Max <laughs> doesn't know how to process emotions. At all. Oh, no. Dude flips out. Yeah. Cannot handle shit. And as far as I'm aware, he should be able to. Yeah. Uh, why? Why His his dad, I know, is busy with work, but is does seem nice when he's around. There. Yeah. But the mom seems so much more obsessed with how they look to people than how oh, they man. actually are on the inside of the house. I mean, I can't remember her name, Aunt Dorothy. Yeah, Aunt Dorothy. Legit. It looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here (laughs) just because of the way she had the place decorated. And you're right. It was to show off. She. They want to be viewed a certain way. She made uh, specific dishes that were very difficult and complex. Everybody had their. For no reason. (laughs) Everybody had their own. Cornish, Cornish hen. hen. It was uh, too pretty much. intense. Too much. Yeah. But you can see it perfectly in the picture that they took with Santa. Oh my God, yeah. Her face, the way she's holding her arms and her face with her eyebrow up, she thinks she is hot shit. Absolutely. She... And then she sees what her family looks like <laughs> in the picture and yeah. is like, motherfucker. And doesn't that make sense that she wouldn't even look at the picture till it was up on the wall? Right. Oh, my God. She only you saw know, herself. I was just going to say, <laughs> she was yes. only looking at herself the and entire time. And that was the time. best version of her face. Damn. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it totally tracks. It does. Yeah. Shit. It really does. That is definitely a bee in the bonnet. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just saying she shouldn't spend time with him. And help him understand and re- regulate his emotions. 
the amount of work she put into the house and she only ever talked about putting work and effort into the house. Yeah. I think she was a stay-at-home mom. Man. Oh, stay-at-home wife, it seems. Yeah. I was going to say, he uh, he seemed to travel a lot for mm-hmm. work, so. Uh, might be air quotes there on travel, but. Well. um, Yeah, another one is, this. there's another iteration in this fucking movie of the goddamn bear from Annihilation. Oh, my God, because right? Stevie and Jordan hear somebody calling from the attic, and they go up to check because it says it's Beth. And, okay, yeah, it's not actually Beth's voice. They don't know their cousin's voice. They don't hang out that often. Right. But there was a bear up in the attic that busted out of that uh, the gift box. It did. And it used a voice to call them up. So there's another bear from Annihilation just being also, fucking terrifying. Whatever the fuck was in the snow when they were wandering around out there trying to find Beth, uh, mm-hmm. that thing was screaming and it sounded like it was screaming for help. Oh, God. Yeah. I forgot about that. That oh, thing was geez. another bear from Annihilation. Wow. That was fucking creepy. <laughs> They're all like anglerfish. All of them. Come here, help me. Oh, God. <laughs> it's terrible. Just don't help somebody because you think it's it's another trap. This is where I'm going to be um, when I'm, I'm old. Uh, I'm going to be hiding in a cabin in a corner. Not answering anybody's calls because it could be a trap. <laughs> it is likely a trap. And if I know anything about anything, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is I a just trap. with the way technology goes and everything, I think that by the time I'm really old, I'm just gonna be in a cabin hiding from everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> gonna be near the water. <laughs> It can be wherever you want it to be. I just need a a corner to hide in. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And dogs still. Still need dogs. Gotta have dogs. Mm-hmm. Dags. Dags. <laughs> Dags. We're not in Amity, okay? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um. So the other, the the last thing I wanted to point out, and this goes along with the theme of look beyond the surface and the masks that we talked about, Krampus's mask. Oh my god. I love in this it. movie. I love it. The director, I believe it was the director, uh, they said that they wouldn't verify whose face Krampus was wearing. Oh. So, so this isn't just a mask. Yeah, this is this is Santa's face for sure. Nobody right. else's. He's the anti Santa. Yeah. And so my question is, given the way the mouth is wide open, did he mold this mask as he tanned it and dried it? Or did he terrify Santa, and this is Santa's dying face and his screams right there, like that. Like, I'm holding my hand, and it just... Screams. Rawr. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. I think about that Santa mask that he was wearing, mm-hmm. and it has teeth. Mm-hmm. So he took his gums. He oh took wow! Okay. A lot of Santa. Yeah, I think the only other option would be if he, before he killed Santa, he put super glue on his teeth and then put the lips over it, mm. so that as he 
Gotcha. As he predatored him and pulled his skull and spine out of his body, right, the right. teeth would stay attached to the skin of the face. But <laughs> the world may never know. <laughs> but I think you're you're right. He took quite quite a lot more than just the skin of the face there. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, something. Yeah, I think you are. I like that he had goat eyes too. I love that. That was when you got to see those close up. That was so great. Yeah. So creepy. So creepy. It's oh, so awesome. God. The hump in his back, like all of it. Just it's so good. Yeah. It's good. Good movie, fun stuff. Uh creepy Krampus. We give these Keefy bowl ratings to show how many bowls it would take to get through talking through everything in these these movies. And uh, for this movie, I think we came to the consensus that it was a three Keefe Bowl rating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely has a lot to kind of go through and unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is definitely a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of Kiefer, I Barely Knew Her. As always, if you feel like we deserve it, please give us a like or a subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at KieferIBKH or on our website at KieferIBKH.com. And as always, we have to give credit to Kevin McLeod for the music. McLeod! Keep an eye out for new episodes on Tuesdays. And as always, we hope you join us again to see where the story takes us. Bye.